Real quick, we have something fun for you. We created a free Feel Good 5 checklist. These are our five go-to why not turtle steps we implement on the regular to feel good every day. A turtle step to us is something you can easily do on your worst day that will move you towards the life of your dreams. We developed this podcast to feel good through self-help and community. And if you're ready to start feeling better, here's what you need to do. Go to our website, askyourself-whynot.com. Click start here for a free instant download. These are the best feel good tips we found and you're going to get so much value from them. Again, go to our website, askyourself-whynot.com. Click start here for a free instant download. Why not start feeling good today? Hey, this is Shay. And this is Jayla. And we're from the Ask Ask Yourself Why Not podcast. Hey, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on. Yes, this will help other Why Notters be able to find us and get our message out to other communities. Yep, if you want to pay it forward, if you do that and you write us even a one-word comment and a five-star review, just pay it forward. That really helps us. Yeah, and we appreciate you guys. Thank you for being with us on this journey, and we love you. What's up, Why Not? What is up? This is Jayla. And this is Shay. From the Ask Yourself Why Not podcast. The place you come where you stop asking yourself why. And you start asking yourself why not. not. Hey guys, do us a favor too. If you like our show, there is poll questions that we've been putting into our Spotify. And we're going to ask you to go and engage with that because it just helps us kind of figure out if you like the content what you thought of the episode and then you can put comments too for future episodes that you'd want to see so go yes hit subscribe give us a like even just like a one word comment really helps get us out there yep and gets us open to other wine otters yep share us with your friends your family whomever but this conversation you're definitely going to want to share oh my gosh it's going to blow your socks off it is a good one we talked to a guest named rachel hart Mm -hmm. we heard her on the mel robbins podcast yeah um and she's all about uh shifting your mindset around alcohol Mm -hmm. and actually looking at alcohol as just any other habits you have, like yeah. even your habits around like food or um, just anything. And she really shifts it into not it's bad or all or nothing to like, what is your relationship with it? And do you like that relationship? And what are you getting from it? Oh, it, it's a good conversation. Cause I think a lot of us feel a little bit conflicted about our relationship with alcohol mm-hmm. and want to have more control. And we don't understand why there are days where we go crazy. And then days where we can have a glass and say, you know, and never have, you know, a glass again that night. So this was a good conversation to talk to us about how we can be more curious about why we Mm -hmm. use alcohol the way that we do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got a lot from it and I hope you guys do too. Yeah. Uh, So it's, it's really, and it's, it's for people that, you know, I know there are people that don't want to drink, but it's also for people that just maybe want to just have a better experience with it, a better thought process, uh, thought process with it mm-hmm. and just really challenging your thoughts around it. Yeah. 
we're not talking about, and we sh- we probably should say this if if you have a physical dependence on alcohol, mm-hmm. this would this would probably be a different conversation. Yeah, um, but these are for the people I think like everybody that has have been drinking since their twenties socially. Yeah, and want to create more control and have a better overall relationship without having all that shame and guilt that is associated yes. with, with your drinking. Um, so she does, she's a coach. You can work with her. She actually wrote a book called why can't I drink like everybody else? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I listen to on audible. If you have audible, it's free with your subscription. Mm-hmm. And it's all around feeling like normal, like, or feeling like everyone else is normal with alcohol and you're not. Yeah. And she has a free podcast called the alcohol reset too. And we'll put the link to this in the show notes that if you're curious about learning more, about the work that she does, this would be a good place to start. And then she can do um, individualized solutions and coaching programs as well to help you enhance your relationship with Mm -hmm. alcohol. So really good conversation. Yes. I am looking forward to listen to it myself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Stay tuned. Dive in and listen up. This is the Ask Yourself Why Why Not Podcast. What's up, why not? What is up? This is Jayla. And this is Shay. From the Ask Ask Yourself Why Why Not podcast. The place you come where you stop asking yourself why. And you start asking yourself why not. Yes, we have a very special guest today. We do. And I'm going to read a little bit of a snippet from her website to see, just kind of set the scene and to see if you guys relate as well as Jayla and I did. We actually heard this guest on the Mel Robbins podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're really grateful. She totally resonated. Oh my gosh. I was like, we need to speak with her. So this <laughs> is from her website and it says, I know what it's like to be conflicted about drinking. Pouring a glass of wine was fun, relaxing, and a way to enjoy the finer things in life. But that didn't mean I always felt good about how much I drank. I couldn't figure out why. Promises to take the night off often unraveled by the day's end. I routinely finished my drink before everyone at the table. Once I started drinking, more always seemed better. Doing what I knew was good for me felt so difficult. She's speaking to our soul. I mean, just reading that, I'm like, do I want to have a glass of wine right now? (laughs) So, Well, welcome to our podcast, Miss Rachel Hart. Thank you. Thank you so much. I was, I'm laughing over here because the line of um, noticing that you're the first one to finish your glass of wine, I saw a smile and I was like, oh yeah, they know what I'm talking about. And also my plate of food as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Done on that one as well. Um, But we are again, so excited to have you on. We We heard you on the Mel Robbins podcast and what I really liked about your conversation and kind of your approach, we listened to her book too. It's called Why Can't I Drink Like Everybody Else? It was actually free with my Audible subscription mm-hmm. um, if you have Audible. But what I like about your approach is you don't label drinking as good or bad. You don't label alcohol as good or bad. It's yeah. more of a curiousness. About- like on the relationship yeah. you have and like the cue. Yeah. 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 I love I that. Mean, I think that's so important. Right. I think we get caught and we don't just do it with alcohol. We do it with food too. Like we're very conditioned to label things as good and bad. And then we bring all the baggage along with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause then it's like, Oh, I'm doing this bad thing that I shouldn't be doing. 
And it's like, but I want to do the bad thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think just kind of like removing all of the labels, removing all of that kind of judgment and just getting really curious with like, mm-hmm. why, like, why am I drinking mm-hmm. the way that I am? Like, why do I have my, this desire? What is it about? And not, it's hard to answer those questions when you feel like you might get in trouble or you feel like you're going to get a label put on you. Right. Yes. It, that immediately goes to like, no, 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 everything's fine. I don't like, let's not make a big deal about it. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I was talking to Shay just earlier today and I was like, it's so crazy. Like before we go to drink, we already like create this drama in our head. Like, okay, we're going to drink tonight. Make sure you don't drink more than this amount of glasses. Like make sure you don't do. So you already create this like story in your head that it's like bad, you know, Mm, so you're already labeling yourself. Mm. So of course you're not going to feel good after you drink. Right. Yeah. So I feel like that's something that I notice in my head that I already start the shame before I even take yeah. And here's the thing. It's so hard to actually like enjoy the experience, right? Like if you actually, and it, whether it's alcohol, whether it's food, like if you're going into something being like, oh God, I got to like, this is bad and I shouldn't be doing it or I shouldn't do too much, or you're having all this chatter. It's very hard to then actually derive a lot of enjoyment and pleasure, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you have that chatter in the back of your mind. You have that kind of like, or even that sense of like, Oh God, don't do too much. Like it really disconnects you from the experience. Mm. Yeah. I think about that with like online shopping too. You're like, Oh, I, I really shouldn't buy this, but whoops. Which usually comes after you drink. It does. <laughs> right. Yes. There is Amazon <laughs> makes a lot of money. Oh yeah. I think I know. I think we were going to start a a segment one. Like what did I order? Why'd I buy that? Why'd I buy that? Or something. (laughs) But but tell us a little bit more like about like your origin story, like maybe where you were to like how you came here and kind of developed the um, program that you have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I started drinking in college and very quickly I was like, Oh, like, why did no one tell me about this? Like, Mm -hmm. this is the way that you like go into a social situation and feel at ease and quiet all those insecurities. And so me, it was, you know, for me, it was very connected to socializing and it was very connected to, you know, wanting, wanting to, I think really connect with a version of myself that was like fun and silly and didn't care what people think or, and didn't follow the rules. I mean, I was a very good student, right? So it was a lot Mm -hmm. of like, I'm just, I'm very good and I do all my work and, and very much a perfectionist, but I had a part of me that really wanted to be a little wild and have fun. And I didn't know how to connect, right? Like I had no idea how to access her. I felt like, that part of me, I had lost a long, long time ago. Right. And so, you know, that's what it really started out for me. It was, Oh, this is how, this is how I have fun. This is how I dance. This is how I, you know, Mm -hmm. meet guys. And, you know, through my twenties, I was living in New York city. Um, I was, you know, working at these amazing jobs, but also required long hours in the office. And it became kind of like, okay, like this is my reward, right? Like I'm working so hard, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, just putting work first all the time. And so it became also then my, like, I don't like my gold star a little bit. Like what do I, what's in it for me? Like, what do I, I've been at work since like, you know, it, I'm leaving work and it's like eight thirty at night, right? Well, like, what do I get? 
<laughs> right. Here's my reward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I was traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. I was on the road a lot. And so I was spending a lot of time in hotels, you know, a lot of dinners by myself, a lot of, and then also a lot of like networking events. I mean, there were so many ways that alcohol was kind of yes. playing a different role. Sometimes it was in social settings. Sometimes it was just like, I'm just in like a foreign country and I don't know anyone. And I'm here by myself. And I'm just bored. I just want to yeah. have time. Sometimes it was like, I am just, I'm just waking up and immediately like going on my, you know, Blackberry and responding to emails. And just from like the moment my eyes open, it's just work, 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 work. And so it was like, okay, this is like me time. This is the thing that's for me. And so it played a lot of different roles in my life. And I, I desired it a lot for, for many of those reasons, but I also felt like something about my drinking just feels off. Yeah. Yeah. Like as much as I loved it, as much as I was like very into like fancy craft cocktails and, you know, as much as I love the experience and the ritual, I was always kind of sitting there kind of scanning everybody else and, Mm -hmm. you know, sitting at the, you know, going out to a restaurant with friends and kind of noticing like, are they like also waiting for the waiter to bring our first drink? Like, why is it taking so long? Yeah. How are they feeling about that? Yeah. Right. Like having that chatter and then being like, oh, am I the first one done? Is it okay if I have another? Yeah. Right. So there was just like all this chatter. Yeah. Um, and then lots of times, you know, I was, I was overdoing it, right? Like I was just going to the point of I wanted that rewarded and I wanted it fast. And I like I wanted to get to like a different state quickly, you know? Yeah. And and when you want to do that, you you don't tend to drink in a very mindful way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that was my, that was kind of my relationship with it. And I tried so many things over the years, you know, I took periods of not drinking. I did like every rule, like every kind of like spacing and counting and certain days and certain drinks and like every rule I could come up with. And they were all really hit or miss. And I just, I really, I, you know, I, I, the title of the book to me now is kind of funny. It's why can't I drink like everyone else, but truly like in my bones, that's what it felt like. Yeah. It mm-hmm. felt like I was just surrounded by people who seemed to like have, have a normal relationship. Yeah. yeah. And like figure it out. Like a fun friend too. You know what I mean? Like, I'd yeah. Like, Let's go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You kinda- and I think also, you know, and attempts to like, attempts to change. I often felt like I was like losing a little bit of my identity. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm like, no, but this is like how fun Rachel comes out. It is, right. Yeah. And this is, and I was kind of the one, you know, the friend that was like always up for a drink and like always up for another. And mm-hmm. so it was, you know, and I was also dating and I mean, there was yeah. like the whole layer of that. I was, you know, it's kind of like, okay, so we're like, we're just never going to have sex again. Right. Like, what? <laughs> no more weddings. Oh my gosh. No more. Why would we go to a wedding? Right. So there was just, I had so much internal, um, conflict. Um, mm-hmm. and I just didn't, I didn't feel like anything out there really resonated with me. I definitely didn't, you know, relate to the idea that I was an alcoholic. It wasn't something that I, you know, I felt like, um, you know, I didn't feel like I was addicted, but I also felt like something was off and I didn't know what to do. And so it kind of sent me on this journey of, of kind of figuring out my own drinking, really understanding, um, also a lot, like there's so much overlap for me with how I was drinking and how I was eating, um, understanding the emotional component of that understanding, you know, 
is there a deeper desire going on here? Like, really, is it about the drink? Is it about something else that I'm desiring that I don't know how to access? And, you know, that is kind of my, I'll try to condense, but my, um, what led me to just figuring this out for myself and then really wanting to bring this work to other people and bring this approach Mm -hmm. to other people, because I think what we, what most people see kind of out in the world is there's AA, um, and there's a lot of advice on like, you know, quantity and kind of counting drinks, but not this piece about your relationship with alcohol and, Mm -hmm. and your desires and, you know, and, um, and, and kind of understanding it also in like a non-judgmental way and um, allowing people to figure out like what feels good for you? Like, where do you want to end up? I think that's a big Mm -hmm. piece of my work is not like, you know, everybody should just stop drinking and it's really better and better for you and better for your liver. And this is what you get. I feel like, which is, which I think is what you get. You get a lot of scare tactics around it, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of, you know, poison. it's toxic and we, we know that yet we do it, you know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I feel like my like stress level around drinking went down like so much by just accepting that I'm not, or I'm not just never going to drink, you know, Mm -hmm. because for a while it was like, all or nothing. Like you right. just, you have to stop drinking. You have to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you kind of like drinking. So you're, you're not just going to live your whole life and not drink ever. Right. You know? and but, I, but how can you have a better control mm-hmm. with it yeah. and understanding yeah. of it that I love that you're describing this conflict. Cause I do think uh, almost everybody I would imagine that has had a long-term relationship with alcohol feels a little conflicted about mm-hmm. their relationship with it. And you talked a lot about like your strategies and that think, feel, act. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting because it reminds me a lot of um, like with, with working with like your limiting beliefs and like your own fears. Yeah. How did, how does that work when you relate it to alcohol? Like what yeah. would be a good example? Well, I think the first thing is just to understand that like your drinking doesn't just happen. And mm-hmm. I say that because it often felt like it did for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really, I was just like, listen, I, like I wasn't even planning, right? Like I wasn't planning to even like yeah. have anything yeah. tonight. And I was just like walking by the wine bar on the way home mm-hmm. and here I am. Yeah. Right. Or like I, or it felt like once I started, it was like, all right, well, once you start, I mean, you know, yeah. it's all out the well, way. I have though. one. Like, yeah. I have 20, you know? Yeah. You, and you so I'm I very much for, I mean, a very long time, really my drinking felt very confusing for me because I was given no framework to understand it. And because so much of it had become autopilot, so much was kind of like this habit working behind the scenes. And so think, feel, act is really, you know, it's nothing that I came up with, you know, it is, has been around this idea that our actions don't just happen. They are connected to our thoughts and our feelings. It's been around for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. Um, but having that framework to start to apply, um, for my drinking and -hmm. start to see like, Oh wait, maybe there is a thought. Like, I I mean, I remember the, the, the place where I had like, um, a light bulb moment. Is it okay if I swear on your podcast? Oh yeah. yeah. Just checking. Um, so I often was like, I don't understand why some nights I have a couple drinks after work with friends and I go home and all is good. And other nights it's like, what we're like at the kebab truck at like one in the morning, like treat me. (laughs) But there, like, I, I would look back and I was like, there's no like rhyme or reason, right? Mm -hmm. It didn't really make sense to me. And I remember when I was learning, um, 
about this framework and, and really understanding, you know, like there are thoughts and we have these permission giving thoughts, right? And you don't just like, your brain doesn't just shut off the moment that you start drinking. And I remember um, having this awareness that there were nights where I would say, fuck it, mm-hmm. where I would yeah. be like two glasses oh, yeah. in and would be like, fuck it. I'm turning it on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm turning. And, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a thought that I was consciously aware of until the moment that I kind of, it was presented to me. I, you know, I was presented this kind of permission giving thoughts and I was like, Oh, yeah. that's it. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I have some nights that go off the rails. Cause I have this moment where it's just like, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And, but all of that again was happening. Like it was happening, but it was not happening at my level of awareness, right. Of conscious yeah. awareness. So I couldn't fully see it. But the moment I heard that thought, I was like, Oh, and that shifted something inside of me because all of a sudden I was like, Oh, there's a logical explanation going on here. Right. Something that had felt so mysterious. I it's like, it's like all of a sudden I got my bearings, you know what I mean? Or almost got like a compass. Um, and, and now all of a sudden I, I could start to pay attention. I could start to notice like, Oh, what is happening? What am I telling myself in these moments? Maybe before I start drinking or after I finish the first glass or, you know, when I'm at the, you know, grocery store and walking down the wine aisle. And it was just all of this awareness that I started to have. And, and once you could see the thoughts, you can start to question them, right? Like you can, you can start to just be like, huh, okay well, maybe I don't have to believe this. Or like you talked about a limiting belief, yeah. right? We don't just have to kind of accept all of our thoughts at face value. And, and hopefully we don't just yeah. in life in general, right? If <laughs> we move through life, kind of accepting our thoughts at face value, we're probably going to have, we're probably not going to live the life that we want to. Definitely not. Absolutely. That's really interesting. I just, I find this also so relatable. And then the shame that comes, why, why do you, there's so much shame around so alcohol. Much shame before you even drink. And it, then yeah. after for like days, like I was telling her, it's like, I, if I over drink, I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to drink for two weeks. Right. I'm not going to do it. And that but makes then, it better in your mind. Yeah, yeah. But then I still don't feel better after the two weeks goes by because I'm mm-hmm. literally thinking about, I'm not drinking because I over drink. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to drink because I'm not drinking for two weeks. Like it's yeah. like, just that yeah. like hamster wheel thing. I, I feel like I do the, well, I'm not drinking during the week. Cause that I've labeled that as, you know, bad to drink in my mind during the week, but on the weekend, I sort of have that, like, let loose, let's mm-hmm. have fun. I've labeled that as okay. So it's interesting to hear you say this. Cause it's, it makes you pay attention to mm. like you talk too about like boundaries with your drinking. Like for me, it's like the end of the work week and yeah. I finished my work and I am on autopilot grabbing a glass of wine yep. or something like that. Yeah. Mine mine is I'm taking my hat off and I'm not, I don't have to respond to anybody blowing my phone up. Mm-hmm. I'm a yeah. real person. <laughs> yeah. So well, that's what I mean. I was talking about that um with Mel, this idea that like alcohol can become a boundary, right? Sometimes with yeah. work, it's just like, no, 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 like works over, right? And it like has starts your brain starts to make this association of like, oh, I don't have to check my email anymore. Right. Like I don't have to, you know, and maybe it's not work. Maybe it's just like, you know, parents with their kids, it's sort of like, all right, you know, I'm off the clock now. And so like, there's that piece. I think there's a piece of, you know, whenever it's kind of like diet mentality, right. When Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, oh, I've been so good. 
right? It was so good all week. And I followed my meal plan. That's it. Yep. Now it's, yep. And now it's the weekend and I get to cheat have whatever day. I want. A cheat day. Exactly. Yeah. It's your cheat day. But then like, we tend to, with our cheat day, go overboard because we're like, we got to get this in, people. Like, mm-hmm. we're not going to have this Monday through Friday, right? Mm-hmm. Or Monday That's through it. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. So it's very hard then if you like no restriction is coming, it's very hard to make choices that align with maybe what you want or what feel better for you because you're like, yeah, but it's not coming again mm-hmm. for another week. And, right. and so like, I think that's why I I think it's really powerful to talk about the connections between um, how much uh, our drinking habits can look like our eating habits. Yeah. Mm. And I think a lot of times we, we want to treat alcohol, like it's this like unique thing unto itself and right. It's, you know, it's very different. And I think that there's a lot, a, a lot of, of shame can be released when you start to see like, maybe it's not. Right. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's not that different. It's a habit. Right? Yeah. yeah. And like maybe, and I also talk a lot with people, like maybe some of the patterns that you developed around eating are showing up in your drinking. So like yeah. years before, you know, you ever started drinking. I mean, think about like the clean plate club. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. 1980s baby. Or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the idea of like, oh, like are you know, like you had a bad day, like have a cookie. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. And so like, you start to see like, oh, so like these were patterns and beliefs and habits that I was developing well before, and they've just been applied to my drinking. And I didn't even know that was going on. And shopping's the same way. Cause I feel like it was such a, um, a, an activity yeah. when I was younger to, to like, reward to yourself, reward yourself. You would go yeah. shop. I was yeah. curious too. Um, I'm trying to think what I was going to say around the, the fact around, um, I'm having word finding disorder because I just had it. And then I made a comment. Um, when you are like recognizing your brain, I, what I liked about your thing was you talked a lot about how looking at your setbacks or like your relationship with alcohol, not like in a judgmental way, but a failure. Yeah. But like looking at them more as data. And Mm -hmm. we have used that so much just from reading your book in other areas of our life too. But like, what is this information telling me? And then you had also talked about like within that we're drinking, it's that think, feel, act. You're drinking because your brain has recognized that it gives you something that you Mm -hmm. need in that moment. And loves you. Yeah. And I like how you were like, how loving of your brain to say, Hey, here's this tool to make you feel more calm or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I always, so often, I think, especially when people get really fed up and frustrated by their drinking and frustrating that their attempts um, aren't working and, and kind of, I think you, there can be a lot of anxiety and fear around that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that we want to just label alcohol as good and bad. We, we create this kind of like, well, that was the bad version of me. Like that was a yeah. bad version of me that finished yeah. the bottle of wine. Right. right? And here's a good girl. version of me over here. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that is problematic too. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I talk to a lot of people who, you know, will go through periods of not drinking, but the whole time they're kind of like, so tense and afraid of like, Oh God, but like, what if I screw up? Right. Oh, it's kind yeah. of like that bad version of me is going to come back. And it was so powerful for me to, to come to this realization of, you know, the 17 year old me who was like at her first college party, like 
she was just trying to figure out and do the best for me with the tools that she had. Yeah. Like she mm-hmm. wasn't, she wasn't bad. She wasn't this version of myself that I should be ashamed about. Like she was truly trying to help me in that mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. And, and I think to just understand the choices that we make to see like, oh, like I don't need to feel shame about this. I've been given a very like limited set of tools and with limited information and limited tools, these were some of the choices that I was making. Mm-hmm. There, There's just, there's so much shame. And the problem with shame is it's, you know, I, we talked about this a little earlier, but it's that kind of like, oh God, last night was a mess, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh God, I'm like never drinking again, right? Uh-huh. Or yeah. like- Not leaving my house today. No, nope. Like not, right? And what we, what we're constantly doing is like restarting the clock. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I talk about this with people that I work with, cause we'll, we, um, do a 30 day challenge and inside the challenge, the knee jerk for everyone is like, oh God, it's like day 11 and I screwed up. Right. Yeah. So I got to like start the challenge again. It's like, no, 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 we don't ever restart the clock. And mm-hmm. the reason why we don't is because if you're in day 11, right. And you drink and then day 12, you're like, okay, let's, let's, that was all crap, right? I got to start over. No part of you will want to look and get curious about, Hey, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. What was going on on that day? What was happening in your life with your family, with your kids at work, right? Like what, Absolutely. what was your emotional experience? Like we will miss out on all that data yeah, because we don't want to look right? Because we're in that place of like, oh, that was bad me. So like, let's just let's start over and I'm going to like be good me again. Mm, That's really interesting. I like that because I do think we were talking, we're like sober October. And then I was like, we were like, but there's Ogilvy Fest. I know it's a German beer, you know, (laughs) you can't go to Ogilvy Fest and not drink. And Halloween, I may as well just not try, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So but you- isn't it like so fascinating to just like even notice that, right? To like yeah. notice that there are certain things that we're like, well, why would I, like, why would we even do this then? Right. Yeah. And I have this too. It's like, why would you, like, why would you even go to Oktoberfest if you weren't going to drink? It's like, why would yes. we even go to, right? <laughs> like, what's the, who, who would do that? How would and, I do a sporting event? Yeah. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. I mean, I had a lot because I, I really do like sports and there was a lot. I remember of just like, <laughs> like going to baseball games and being like, okay, I can uh-huh. be here and like have a hot dog and not have a beer. Yeah. Like, but in my brain, it was like, why? That's just what you do. Yeah. And so some of that is just recognizing that your brain has this you know, it now has this expectation that a reward is coming and it's kind of like, okay, well, if I'm not going to get this high value reward, I mean, obviously we shouldn't even do the thing when of course, like, you know, my father was taking me to baseball games when I was a little kid and I was enjoying it. Right. And he wasn't like, (laughs) well, you know, you'll, you'll not really ever be able to enjoy baseball, Rachel, until you are able to drink a beer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about being pregnant too. Um, this is a funny thought. So we had infertility this, that, which is not funny, but we did. And I remember every time I would get my period, I'd be like, well, at least I can drink this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This Isn't that crazy? 
Yeah. No, I mean, no, but it was a reward. Yeah. I remember when I was trying, trying to not drink, um, and it was brew fest and I was talking to Brent and I was like, well, maybe I can just pack a little cooler of soda water and just throw a lime in it. And people will just think I'm drinking. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, why do I care if people think I'm drinking? It's like, because you want to like be included. You want to feel fun. And, uh, by the way, I did drink at brew fest, but it's kind of like, why do you make this whole scene? Yeah. When we make it up to be this big deal that if we're in a social setting, which is I think where we all struggle for for the most part with it, that if we were to not drink that we would not fit in or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that it was like, I I think it's this, this kind of the brain is, you know, (laughs) my brain is so good at telling me how I don't belong. Yeah. Right. Like it's so good at like scanning a room and just being like, I don't know, you like wore the wrong outfit. You have the wrong bag. You, what, like all, it's Uh just very good at doing that. And, and to, I think to understand some of, you know, the evolutionary aspect of this and why our brain is really good at spotting difference and why it's really good at, at kind of finding negative things and understanding like, oh, maybe my brain is just playing out a pattern that it's actually quite good at and had a lot Uh of practice even before I started drinking, right? Because when you think about it, I mean, at least for me, I wasn't walking around before being like, oh, I just like totally belong in any social situation. Right. And like, think about, I wasn't walking in being like, we all have so many things in common. My brain was just like, you're different. You're different. You're different. Right. Like all these people are normal and Mm -hmm. you are the weird one, right. You're the odd man out. And it just got amplified through alcohol, right. Through then my attempts to be like, Oh God, but like, everyone's going to notice and people are going to make comments and it's going to be so weird. And why would I even go? Mm -hmm. And we've learned a lot about, um, we, like you, we said, we study a lot about brain health and mindfulness and all of the things. And your brain was designed to have those kinds of thoughts to keep you safe, right. In your environments and stuff. And I think, um, when you try to do something different, it doesn't feel like it's going to be safe in that moment. So it makes the urge even more. Right. But I guess if you create more awareness around it, you can go, okay, thank you for trying to keep me safe right now. Let's sit with this a little bit and see if I can work through the urge without acting on the, the part of taking a drink. Yeah. And work through the emotion too. Right. I mean, I think it's so often one of the things that I, one, I didn't, I did not think that I should ever feel anxious in social settings. Right. So that was my like baseline. I was like, nobody else does. This is obviously just, this is just like a Rachel problem. Right. So Mm -hmm. I thought the anxiety shouldn't be there. And then once I learned to drink over it, I, my brain never actually got proof that it would pass on its own and I would be okay. Okay. Right. And so sometimes it is that it's like that idea of like moving into a situation and being like, oh yeah, of course I'm going to feel a little anxious. Like my brain has a little, a lot of practice doing that. And also knowing that anxiety will pass. I think a lot of times we don't, we don't allow ourselves to even see that happen because we're so quick to be like, oh God, negative emotion. Let's just drink over it. I'm bored. Let's have a drink. Yeah, exactly. And then I think the next level is, you know, I would be like, okay, it passed, but like, I mean, it was fine. I think about this a lot. Yeah. People are like, yeah, I did it. I didn't drink. It was fine. Yeah. Um, and that can't be our 
place where we land. No, and I, no. you won't be successful there. Yeah. You won't be successful, but I think a lot of time that's where people swoop in with like, but you should feel so good. You're going to feel so good tomorrow. And aren't you yeah. happy that you're like protecting your liver and you know, yeah. you're not like that foolish person over there slurring their words, right? Like there's mm-hmm. so much then of trying to make ourselves feel good by kind of boosting up like, oh, but I'm being so healthy. Mm. But what I always say to people is like, if you're suffering for your health, it's not going to work. Yes. Right. If like in social situations or whatever, it doesn't have to be a social situation at the end of the day, if you're like, yeah, I can, you know, not have a drink after I put the kids to bed, but my evening is kind of meh. That isn't going to work. But to me, that's an opportunity to figure out, well, why? Like, why was it not as good? Why was your time only fine? And then of course that's where think, feel, act comes in. And then we start to notice it's not just the habits we have around drinking. It's the habits that we have around thinking and where our brain likes to hang out Mm -hmm. when we take away all the stimulation. And that stimulation can be food. It can be alcohol. It can be a screen. It can be, you know, shopping. And you start to feel like, oh, this is where my brain likes to hang out. No wonder right? No wonder I'm at that place of just like, it was just okay. And so we can either let our brain hang out there, right? And, or we can do the work of really kind of understanding, like, you know, I can start to shift that. I can start to challenge some of these thoughts too. I can start to, you know, learn techniques if I have a lot of worry or if I have a lot of insecurity or, you know, whatever we're, we're finding when we take away that stimulation, that's such a beautiful moment then to say like, oh, this, this is actually the thing that needs my attention. Mm, Like, like the alcohol to me is just like the doorway in. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. You, um, I like the question that you gave us too, which is what are you making this mean? Mm. I've used that too. Yeah. What are you defining it as? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, yeah. like you said, when, when we talked about, like, if you overdrink or something, you're like, I, you make it mean that you're bad Yep. and you make it mean that you, you're and so then you, you give yourself consequences. Yeah. You give yourself, you punish yourself and you talk about, I'm a mother, mm. I'm a professional. I shouldn't be doing this. It, you make it mean so much. And maybe mm-hmm. your friends won't like you anymore. They're not going to want to hang out with you, you know? can't keep your, your drinks down or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's like, maybe it just meant in that moment, you were desiring something that was actually like bigger than the drink. Right. For a lot of moms, it's like freedom. Yeah. I'm going to hit that dance floor so hard. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, Oh, so like, do I want to just like figure out how to hit that dance floor really hard on my own? Like, mm-hmm. what would that be like? Right. Mm-hmm. And what's right. preventing me from doing that? Right. It's right. always going to be a thought. It's yeah, always can... going to be this chatter. Yeah. yeah. You can definitely hit the dance floor sober. Oh, absolutely. And if... I don't know. Can you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely can. But yeah. Oh, it may feel a little awkward at first, but that could be just because of a thought you're having. Exactly. Well, and also could just be, you don't have a lot of practice, right? Like you don't yeah. have a lot of practice of just like, oh, I just want to let loose. Right. And I don't want to worry about my kids and I don't want to worry about everybody else's needs. And I don't want to worry about, you know, like making sure that everybody's happy. And I don't have a lot of practice doing that. And so when I try mm-hmm. to do that on my own, just with my brain, my brain's like, what the... <laughs> 
<laughs> Shouldn't we be doing something else? Shouldn't we be taking care of something? Shouldn't we be, you know, checking off something on our to-do list? Yeah. And so that's what, I, I mean, to me, talking about it in terms of like practice, I like because that. then it's just like, oh, I just need to get better at it. Right. I think yeah. a lot of times if we're just like, well, I did it once and it didn't work. And it's like, okay, well, if you tried to ride a bike once and it didn't work, and then that was where you, you know, you're just like, well, bikes are not for me. Cause I tried it and I skinned my knee. It's like, no, we all know that it just requires practice and you have to try it again. And you have to kind of figure out why didn't that work? And mm -hmm. it takes repetition. I think a lot of times we kind of dip our toe in the water once and we're like, that was weird. So mm -hmm. I didn't like the way that felt. So I didn't like the way that that felt. So moving back on. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I like the idea of practicing. I think, um, I think that's a, a nicer way of saying things too. Like, I think it all comes down to that relationship that you're building with collect the data. Yeah. With any behavior yeah. that you're wanting to have more control over. Mm -hmm. Because it's ultimately a relationship with yourself. Right. I mean, I think all of this work, yes, I talk about like a relationship with alcohol or a relationship with food. Ultimately it's like your relationship with you mm. and how you talk to yourself and how you treat yourself and how you listen to yourself and whether or not you meet your own needs or you're constantly in that place of like putting them second. Like, I mean, yeah. I just think about how much I, I, I wouldn't even like take pee breaks. Like I would not even yeah. listen to my body being like, I need a bathroom. Cause I'm like, we're in the middle of something people yeah. like I'm don't working. want to break like, the seal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it's, it's this, I think it's this wild thing when we just start, when you start to pay attention, like how often we are telling our desires to wait. No, we're telling no. our body to wait. And so then of mm -hmm. course, like the moment that we have any access to pleasure, it's going to be like, Oh God, like, let me get all of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, this this mm -hmm. all like, it's all it all ties down to your thoughts, like you said. And I, and I think, um, just those, those people that listen to our podcast and people that follow the work, like you do, we're all very curious about our thoughts, which is great. But like, I think about what you're teaching. I'm like, why don't they have you come into all the high schools in the world and to all the colleges and just say, Hey, you just know, bring awareness. You're going to be it. starting your relationship with alcohol. Let's yeah. talk about this. Mm -hmm. That would be so helpful. Yeah. yeah. Not, I, not yeah. just like drill the bad, 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 bad. It doesn't you know? work. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't work. Right. Yeah. Or like it, I mean, yeah, it, it, I guess it kept me, I, I think about this a lot with like, you know, the, you know, sex ed and kind of like, you know, drug mm -hmm. and alcohol awareness I got in high school. And it did, it like kept me very like straight and narrow because I was uh -huh. like, Oh God, I got to go yep. to college. So I can't like, no, no, we can't do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I was like, Oh yeah, I got to college. Like it did the thing I was supposed to do. So like, now do I get to have fun? Can right. Fun now is this okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I think like a big piece missing from the conversation is that it is normal for humans to desire fun and pleasure. Okay. Right. That's good. Yeah. And we, and, and especially when we're only just focused on health, right. When we only come at this conversation of like, well, it's really bad for your liver. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're only focused on health. We're ignoring the fact that it's like, yeah, but we still need more fun and pleasure. Okay. And if this yeah. was the way to get it, if you're just removing alcohol, you're going to have a deficit of fun and pleasure. And That's that is so no true. way to live. That right? is so true. That is so true. Mm-hmm. You notice when like there are people that 
stopped drinking completely. They picked up new habits like uh-huh. hiking. And, and now I just, that's just something I just kind of noticed right now. Yeah. They, you really have to replace it with something. Yeah. Something maybe, maybe healthier for your, yeah. for your brain and all that stuff. That is very, very true. Cause you're right. Like um, the, t- all the talks about like all the things that are bad for you, drugs, sex, like it doesn't necessarily prevent you. I remember my mom being like, sex equals AIDS don't have it, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And I was like scared, but I still did, you know, yeah. like I prevented myself from doing it, mm-hmm. but understanding what you're talking about, what it makes me think is, is that you have more control than you think, which is yes. what we always talk about. Like once you start to create awareness around your thoughts, just your, the why, yeah, your boundaries, what, how you're using this, the, um, it reminds me a lot of tiny habits. Have you read that book mm. by BJ Fogg? Where it's mm-hmm. like you have the prompt, you got a motivation to have fun or whatever your motivation is, and then the behavior is easy. So yeah. it's, yep. it's it's the perfect way to build a habit, um, mm-hmm. but creating more awareness around that can help you. Well, yeah, stay. and in like society, it's just always there. Yeah, it's you go to there. the grocery store, it's there. You go to the gas station, it's there. You go to the restaurant, it's there. Mimosas for breakfast, like football games. Yeah, it's yep. just always there, you know. So what else are you going to do with it? Yeah. Well, I'm just like it's you know a lot of times I had this thought of like if I could just retreat to like a cabin in the woods. Yes, we all say all out. If I could just travel to a different state, I'm gonna go. Yeah. To- yeah. <laughs> But so often we're like, I, you know, I I was in this place of like, oh my God, I'm like living in New York city. This is just, it's like a big part of my social scene. It's a big part of, it's like a big part of work, right? It's a big Mm -hmm. part of, you know, my life and I was dating and, and, and so I truly did feel like the only way to solve this was for me to like move to the middle of nowhere. And, and I'm always, yeah. But yet always still, the best either. But still surrounded. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm always, and this is why I like the idea of practice, because I'm like, oh, what if all of those moments are practice? Like, mm-hmm. what if yeah. like walking down the aisle at the grocery store, the wine aisle is practice to eavesdrop on your brain? What yeah. if it's practice when you go to the football game, right? And like everybody's drinking what if there's like practice there? And so I, I think a lot of times we think in order to be successful, we got to remove all the things, right? Like I shouldn't have temptation around mm-hmm. me, but I'm like, well, what if we can use this to our advantage, which is essentially just to get to know ourselves and our brain better and mm-hmm. get to know that internal conversation that's fueling all of this better. Right. And that we don't have to like move to the middle of nowhere and become a hermit and, you know, where well, 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 I'm vegetable. So we don't go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are totally isolating. Yes. I know. And when you say those things, like I think about like, it's a Friday and I'm going down the grocery store and I'm looking at the wine. I immediately don't want to not buy it. I, I feel like it's the inner child in me that comes out. That's like, but I want it, you yeah, know, kind yeah. of. It would be interesting to observe that. Yeah, it was, it's funny. I was, um, I was coaching someone yesterday and she, um, she was saying that she had this awareness. She's a runner and she was like, you know, I have like a commitment to run, you know, and sometimes I wake up and I don't want to run, but I still run. And she was like, is that like, can that be true with like my commitments around alcohol too? Like, and to her, like, 
the idea of having doubts and like not wanting to do her running is like no big deal. She's just like, yeah, sometimes I wake up, you know, I wake up and I'm just like, oh, I don't feel like it, but she still does it. Right. She doesn't let that stop her. And she was like, oh, it could be the same thing. Like it could be true that there's sometimes that I'm just like, but I don't want to say no, or I don't, I don't want to stop after two glasses. Yeah. Right. But then not letting, you know, that part of you be the thing that then you're listening to. It's just like, oh, of course, like, of course I was going to have a little like internal moment of doubt or a little internal moment of like having a fit that's normal. Hmm. But I think so often I was just listening to it. Right. Right. I was like, well, I don't want to. So I guess, um, I'm going to, I'm an adult. I deserve it. I work hard. Mm -hmm. That's all the conversations you have with yourself. Very interesting. If someone wanted to work with you, what would be like the best path to do that? Um, so, well, one thing that I have that is totally free is something called the alcohol reset. And so it's a, a short little podcast that you can download. You can get it on my website at rachelhart.com. And that I think is a really good introduction to my work because my podcast now is at something like 350 episodes. So I, I think sometimes people are overwhelmed yeah, where to yeah. get started. So that's a good place to get started. Um, and then I do also have um, a membership program called take a break where mm-hmm. people come in and it really is about helping you figure out what you want to do. Right. And so we do a 30 day challenge and we, and you learn about the brain and you're doing this work around think, feel, act, but you're also really just exploring your deeper desires and really kind of understanding, you know, what, what does your brain see when it's looking at that, that glass, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that's always a powerful place to start. It's just like, maybe, maybe my brain doesn't just think this is a beer or maybe my brain doesn't just think this is a glass of wine, but it has learned to kind of see that it represents something else. And maybe it's fun. Maybe it's a boundary. Maybe it's a way to connect. Maybe it's a way to deal with chronic pain for some people, but just like having those questions can really illuminate so much. Mm-hmm. I like, I think that's an awesome idea. And I like the idea of, of, um, trying to do like the 30 day reset mm-hmm. and not judging yourself if you do. Cause I feel like we could all come up with an excuse for every single month. We'd be like, well, it's so-and-so's birthday or yeah. you know, like it's Christmas, right? whatever that is. I like that idea. And then just kind of committing to that 30 days of being more mindful and writing down your thoughts around what is triggering your stuff. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. I always think that Monday, you know, it's always like, I'll start Monday. Yeah. And I always say to people like, what's magical about Monday? Like, yeah. how are you going to be different on Monday? Right. It's like still yeah. you, still your brain. And we're like, oh no, no, no. But the calendar and the events and, you know, those things that, those things that we think are the hurdles, right? Like I can't start because it's going to be Oktoberfest or I can't start because so-and-so yeah. is going to be in town. Mm-hmm. Those are the places where our brain needs to practice. Okay. Interesting. That's pretty interesting. I know. I used to, when I was drinking a little too much than I thought I should at the time, I'd be like, okay, Jayla, you got to get up early and you got to be productive. So if you're going to drink, you need to drink before 8 PM because, you know, and then Mm -hmm. I realized that that was, I was literally giving myself like a cue, like, oh my gosh, it's seven 30. 
I better drink. Right. Yep. <laughs> so I literally built myself this habit in by putting a freaking time clock on it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think yep. I even took it a step further than saying a 30 day challenge. <laughs> and like, I laugh about it now, but looking back, I literally built my own bad habit. Yeah. And I was so consistent at it guys. Because you built, <laughs> you had a cue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But I think just my whole awareness around that, I was like, wait a minute. Like, that's not that's not good but how I yeah. broke it is I just took my ass to bed so yeah because you know, if I go upstairs I'm not coming back down right so that was my cue that I replaced it with but it's just it's funny that we create these scenarios in our head yeah um and we just naturally build our own bad habits that we don't want yeah, yeah. I even think about like you were saying what does that glass mean I was like when I first started in corporate and you could you could have a drink at a meeting or whatever. You'd be like, I am legit. I am working in corporate and I am important yeah. or whatever. Pinky's up. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it was, uh, you know, it meant that for whatever. Yeah. Um, we always end our podcast with like, we call it a wine out of the day. Do you want to tell her about why we named our podcast? Why not? Yeah. So, uh, when we were, thinking of starting a podcast uh we started it in her car mm-hmm. her rap four by it's the way 6 a.m yeah, six amazing, a.m. by the way <laughs> we're, we're both full-time working moms so but that you know we just get so much joy from it but when we were trying to think of a name and kind of even thinking about if we were going to start one it was like i was thinking of these these thoughts in my heads were like why would anyone listen to us? Like, why us? Like, why now? And then I was like, you know what? Why would anyone not listen to us? Why not us? Why not now? And I'm like, ask yourself, why not? Yeah. So, and that's kind of the the birth of the podcast is yeah. kind of where we were. That's the but. name. So we always try to end with like a why not, you know, mm. is there something that stands out to you to for like a why not of the day? Oh, I mean, I can just use why not, like, why not say no and yeah. whatever, like whatever that, that thing where you're like, well, I would definitely not do you like, <laughs> we're definitely drinking for this or the like, why not put a nice stop after this one glass. Ooh, I, I think that's, I think there's so many mm-hmm. great ways that you can, you can ask that question, but I also love like how your brain just like gave that to you right? Mm -hmm. Like you were in the hat. Like, that's what I think is so magical, right? When we start to just like build that muscle of like, my default is, well, why, why, why? And then our brain's like, oh, why not? Why not? See what happens. See what what other people you meet, what experiences you can have. Like that's the muscle we're trying to build here, right? It's just to get all off our default thinking and that it will change your drinking. It will change how you eat. It will change how you talk to yourself. Like Mm -hmm. that's really what the work is about. It's really good. I like too how you don't label things as like I'm not drinking forever. I'm I'm sober. I think that that's really helpful too because those have weird connotations to them. Well, anything after I am, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just like, well, so what? I'm I'm gonna be like 80, and I'm not gonna drink. Like my brain just like went. It just went out. You know, as like far as possible, and and that felt way too much. Like way too uncomfortable. And also like I had had long periods of not drinking and I was like, yeah, but I didn't like it. So I needed to have like a different approach where it wasn't like, this is what you're doing for the rest of your life. And more like, 
okay, what does the drink represent? And what is my desire about, right? And how am I actually feeling in this moment? And I can, I can commit to being curious about those things. Mm -hmm. I think that would be my why not is like, why not get more curious about your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. In general, I think it's not something that we take time to do. We distract ourselves with our phones because it's so easy with Netflix, whatever it is. Yeah, I know. I not go all out on the dance floor. Oh yeah. Oh, that's That's fine. That's fine. Mine would be, why not question the feeling you're cha- you're chasing with alcohol, mm-hmm. and question what other things give you that feeling? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's not much better than like we get up in the mornings and exercise, and it is the best feeling ever to like get up in the morning before anyone else is oh, up. No one could take that away from you. Yeah. No one. I'm like. The boys are asleep. Yep. Yeah. It is just me. <laughs> that's like such a, that's like, I have to have that. But your that 20 time. year old self wouldn't have liked that. You know, <laughs> they would have been like, what are you doing? Yeah. We're not morning people sleeping, but yeah, I like that too. Like be curious, find, find other things that you're, that you can get that similar feeling for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All such good conversations. We hear this from so many people that we talk to like around you know, sober, curious, all that stuff. And there's different, um, sober cocktails now Mm -hmm. out and about like, yeah, I wasn't sure if I had a cocktail one time, it was a Casamigos non-alcoholic. I was like, is this tequila? Yeah. They they make some really good stuff too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. You want to still have your craft and not have your alcohol in there. Mm-hmm. So, but that's it. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. We will put all of your information in our show notes uh, awesome. for everybody so that they can yeah. find you easily. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think um, the biggest takeaway that I get is just, it's not necessarily like the habit. It's like the connection that you want and what yeah. connection are you trying to get, you know? Yeah. So, and I think yeah. that takes away from the badness. I love how you got into this work too. Mm-hmm. by questioning yeah. by questioning <laughs> I was that was my kind of um that that was kind of my superpower even from like as a very little kid as I just was like asked so many questions I think my poor parents and all my poor teachers were like oh god here goes Rachel <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good good skill to have a good superpower though mm-hmm. versus just taking things as it is yeah. But yeah, that's it. This is the Great. Ask Self Why Not podcast. We appreciate everyone being here. Yep. Believe it and receive it, baby. That's right.